Boba Fett forges a new path for himself. Obi-Wan Kenobi grapples with his past. The seeds of rebellion are planted and more as the Sky Guys are back to review the year in Star Wars. Hello there. Welcome back to the Sky Guys podcast. We are celebrating the year that was in Star Wars. A lot of fun content this year. Three live action shows, an animated sh- series, uh, Lego special. A lot of fun stuff we covered here on the podcast. Sort of catch you all up here. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Phillips. Join me as always. Man is voice of your narration every single week here. Pete Considori. Pete, how are you? Doing well. Uh, what a roller coaster of a year when it came to Star Wars shows, right? We're going to talk about it further, obviously, but great to be here talking stars with you guys as always. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm 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 ready to get into it. Also with us here today, uh, the uh, the the leader of our uh, community of Tuscan Raiders, Nick Frieda, is here. Nick, how are you? I'm also doing well. It's been a good year. We had a lot of content for you and. Excited to talk about it all. Yeah, absolutely. Let's not waste any more time on this here. Pete, people want to follow us here on the Sky Guys. They can check out all, all our favorite podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, all the usual suspects. This stuff, this podcast is not coming out in the Justin the Suffering feed. It's going to be only on this podcast feed. So make sure you subscribe to the Sky Guys if you want to get these things, as well as our Bad Batch covers coming up here. Yeah, absolutely. Make sure you're subscribed. Get that content uh, really, really quick and uh, make sure that you're up to date with all the news and, and our thoughts before you go and watch that season. Absolutely here. And Nick, if you want to follow us on the Instagram, how can they do that? Uh, at Sky Guys Podcast on Instagram. You could follow us there. All right. So I got the YouTube page, Mike Phillips on YouTube. Video version of all the fun graphs. Got some MVP LED boards in here. Plus, you know, I got all the props. I got the Book of Boba Fett uh, holiday sweater here. We got some Mando from uh, so from the that show. I also have Pete newly built uh, Obi Wan Kenobi Lego brickhead here. Don't have any Andor props, but I'll give you Ahsoka pop here for Tales of the Jedi. I got something for everything, pretty much. You got to remind me about brickheads when we talk about Book of Boba Fett because I something happened that I find hysterical. Yeah, and we'll get to that when we get to the show. But remind me. All right, that's for sure. Here's. Oh. Well, Mike, before we get started, I have some statistics here that I just wanted to share because it's the end of the year and thank the audience that throughout the year there were um, we were listened to in seven different countries. I think that's really cool considering we didn't exist a year ago as a podcast. We were just kind of uh, on your other feed. This is for the other feed. This is for the Sky Guys feed. I know it's just on the suffering. Some of these episodes will come out on the just on the suffering feed as well. But yeah. Seven different countries, and uh, we produced um, more content than 93% of all TV and film podcasts. So we created a lot of stuff for you guys to listen to. So if you want to go back and listen to that. And then lastly, we were in the top 25% of all podcasts shared on the internet so in that... 2022, which is fantastic. So thank you guys for sharing. I appreci- We really appreciate that. Yeah. All right, here. Let's get to the news here. I know Nick's been a little busy collecting stats for us on the Spotify rap. And so I took care of some news this week here. So two, a couple things real quick want to pop out here. Up Number one here, the Star Wars Jedi Survivor trailer has been out here for a little bit. We didn't get a chance to cover it in the last podcast. I've got Tales of the Jedi here. But uh, Pete, did you get a chance to check out this trailer? 
I did. It, it looks very, very cool. Um, I believe we talked about this a little bit. I, I couldn't get into the first game, and I don't know if it's because of the mechanics or, or maybe just there was so much other things going on or maybe it was too difficult for me. Um, but it, it looks really cool. It looks like there's things that um, Cal Kestis could do differently than he did in the in the previous games. They were showing a lot of features that I feel like were not in the previous game, but I also didn't get too far in the first one, so I don't know if I just missed out on that part. Um, but it looks it looks really cool. It looks great. Um, I'm I'm curious to see how that story goes. And even if I don't play it, I'll probably watch like a story recap and kind of cheat a little bit and, and see how that storyline goes for for Cal. But uh, but yeah, it looks it looks sick if you if you're into that kind of game. It does look really cool. Yeah, Nick, I think there's a lot of fun stuff in there because I mean, obviously, it comes out March 17th, so it'll be right in the middle of, of Star Wars March there with all the bad bats and the Mandalorian going on here. But I mean. We got a lot of cool stuff here. You got a, a shot in the trailer where Cal Christ grabs one of the like arc troopers, like has him mow down a bunch of stormtroopers with with his own gun, then kills him. Like, but I also catch battle droids in there. I thought I saw that too. So now that you said that, looks like we're onto something. Yeah, I saw, I saw battle droids. I saw the Grievous like bodyguard droids. I saw those too. I think I saw the same. So awesome. Yeah, and. Pete also thought that's the other thing I thought the trail was that it looks like uh Seer Junda, who is like his mentor in the first game, like apparently she's building a new Jedi archive somewhere, so that's also pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. I uh, really quick question, not to stay on the topic of news, but like Grievous, I mean, even though the Grievous guards are there, Grievous can't be there, right? Grievous has been long gone by this time. I mean, this is this is way after that, right? Yeah, it's way after that. I mean, Obi-Wan really shoots his heart, right? So, I mean, uh, the Grievous guards has me intrigued, right? Yeah. I wonder what they're guarding, right? What, what exactly is their uh, their purpose per se? But anyway, that's just food for thought. All right, that's thing number one here. Thing number two, I'll mention real quick here, Nick. We mentioned the awards for Andor. Andor has not been a cat. Diego was nominated for, nominated for a Golden Globe for best lead actor in a drama. I know the Golden Globes are kind of canceled, but also good to have some kind of press for Diego Luna there. Yeah, awesome. I know he's very grateful for it, and he should be, and hope he wins. Yeah, hopefully, hope he wins. Hope he wins something. And I don't think he can win all. Maybe you can get one of these awards. Would be nice. All right, last piece of news here. This sort of, I uh, found this tweet, the, I think, uh, recently recording on December 14th. This is from Patty Jenkins, who is the uh, director of Wonder Woman 3. She was commenting on the rumors that the movie's been scrapped by, uh, a, uh, a, by HBO Max and all, Warner Brothers and all the craziness going on there. But she has a piece of it's news, interesting to us. I'm going to share this uh, screen on the uh, YouTube ver- Twitter version here. So this is from here. This is a long story, statement. Here's the part that's all with us. I originally left Rogue Squad after a long and productive development process when it became clear it didn't, couldn't happen soon enough. I did not want to delay WWE 3, I thought it was Wonder Woman 3, any further. When I did, Lucas only asked me to consider coming back to RS after WWE 3, which I was honored to do, so I agreed. They made a new deal with me. In fact, I am still on it, and that project has been in active development ever since. I don't know if it will happen or not. We never do in the development process complete, but I look forward to its potential ahead here. So, Nick, that movie is still happening as of right now. Mm, I don't know about that. I think even <laughs> she said I don't. She even she said I don't know if it's going to happen. I think that she just isn't fired. Yeah, and they're leaving the potential for it to be open, but I still doubt it'll happen. Yeah, Pete, do we. I don't think we're ever seeing this movie. Nick has said this time and time again on this podcast, and I have to agree with him. I'll believe it when I see it. I mean, this is this is just kind of the mo of Star Wars. Um, I just don't. Uh, I'm not going to hold my breath, right? So, 
Um, if if she's saying it's probably not happening or it may not, I just I can't I can't see it happening. Because it feels to me, Nick, sort of like they're saying, okay, Patty Jenkins, write the script. If you like the script, we'll go forward with it. But if you don't, all right, see ya. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you. Let's let's say they like the script and they go through with it and everything goes well and it comes out. I know the original window is a year from now. I don't know if that's possible. I don't think so. So let's just let's just say it is possible and it comes out a year from now. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna see it and I'll be there opening night. But is anybody else gonna go? It has to be a hell of a great great trail to get people in there. Yeah, so I, I'm not excited for it. I really hope it doesn't happen because I feel like another dud or a movie that no one knows about or cares about. And just, I think that's when you start losing people. It's like you started making some things people were finding questionable, you know, with the cut with the quality. And then you start finding, then you start releasing things where it's like, what even is this? What is star Wars turned into? And then it's just over. Yeah, that's for sure. That's it. That's it for the news this week. So sort of sad. What we're going to do here. Just kind of go through the year in the show. So we're going to give some general thoughts on all these shows. We're going to play some clips from, like, our coverage of the year. And Pete mentioned it here. Like, we've done season recaps for all these live-action shows, plus Tales of the Jedi. So if you want deeper, deeper, like, analysis and all these things, you can go back in the podcast. You can listen to all these recaps. I'll put the season recaps as a whole in these show notes. Yeah, we highly recommend it. We go much, much more in-depth uh, than we will on this podcast when it comes to each show. So definitely go back. Definitely watch those, and you'll get – our full coverage, our full comprehensive coverage of the show. Um, and it's just, it's just better knowledge for you guys to have. That's for sure here. So let's start out with, we got to start with Boba Fett. Cause I mean, technically it's starting in 2021 because the first episode came out the last week of 2021 and then the last 69, 2022 here. So I know this is a show that's been very divisive in the star Wars community here, but we'll start out here. Nick, give me something you like about book of Boba Fett. What I liked about the show is the buzz around it. When it was coming out, when it was new, it was a big deal. Everyone was watching it. Everyone was commenting on it. That was a show that every single person I know who likes Star Wars watched every single episode the day it came out. And I enjoyed discussing it with people as it went along. And, for example, I remember one episode, I can't remember which one it was specifically, but I woke up and I just, you know, I like to scroll my phone before I get out of bed. I was scrolling a little bit on Reddit. And it was a spoiler tag, so I didn't open it. But the spoiler, it said spoiler tag. So, I, you know, it shows you a blurred out image. It will only show you the clear image if you click it. And it said, it was under the Book of Boba Fett subreddit, it said, tell me everything about this character. And everyone was, I didn't know who it was because I hadn't watched the episode yet. I went back, watched the episode. It was Black Keg. That was the episode he debuted in. And everyone was going nuts about it. People were so excited that he was there. And that's what I liked about the show is how much it seemed like it was a big deal on the Internet. Yeah, I mean, uh, Pete, I feel like this is our fir- our only entry into the Mandoverse this year was this show. Was this show. We got s- seven episodes of that. Mando shows up here. I think we, you and I can both agree, I think that was just one of the highlight seasons when Mando appears and like sort of takes over the show for a couple episodes. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the highlight of the season, but I agree with Nick. I think the buzz around this and also the anticipation of a Boba Fett show after seeing him in Mandalorian is what I think was the, the, the highlight of the show itself. Um Episode wise, a hundred percent. Mandalorian episodes were the, the best, and and we talked about that in nauseum about how that's it's also their weakness. But anyway, um, I, I, yeah, I mean, between what you two said, I, there's really not much more to add other than that. That this is this this was very hyped up. This was definitely anticipated. Yeah, I mean, it's not a good sign when we can sell out the best of Book of Boba Fett in about two minutes. Yeah, and none of us mentioned like. The content of the show, like, oh, I loved how it was produced. Or Boba. <laughs> or I, I, Boba Fett. <laughs> Let's go the other way here for a minute. 
what didn't we like here? I feel, I got to go to P for this one because P, I feel like, is the most anti-Book of Boba Fett person on this podcast. Yeah, I mean, I hate to be the anti-Book of Boba Fett person. I like to try to give everything the benefit of the doubt, but this show was just, it was horrible. There was there was no plan. There was a, let me, let me rephrase that. There was a plan, but there was not a plan that would work out for a show like this. This was a movie at best where in two and a half hours, two hours, you sum up Boba Fett's life in between when you see him in Mandalorian and, you know, when we last see him in the movies, um, I want to I want to talk about the Lego brickhead now. It was so bad that Lego is releasing a Tuscan Raider brickhead, not even a Boba Fett one, a Tuscan Raider brickhead. Now, Boba Fett was a brickhead back in the day, but there was also a Darth Vader brickhead, I believe, back in the day that they reprised because of the Obi-Wan show. They are literally only releasing a Tuscan Raider brickhead. So even Lego knows that Boba Fett was not the highlight of that show. Um, and, and it speaks volumes to the writing and, and what they tried to do. I get the concept and I understand the hype around it. They didn't execute it well at all. The funny thing is here, like, it's not even like you said coming in packs of two, some of these guys. It's kind of like they could have done both at and the Tuscan Raider. It's did the Tuscan Raider. Single pack Tuscan Raider. And it looks really cool. Don't get me wrong. It's something I'll probably pick up. But it, if even in the retail market, they're not trying to use the main character of the show, it it kind of shows how poorly executed and poorly written the show was. Yeah, and I also have a fun clip I want to pull from our coverage of this. Like, you air your concerns about this show pretty early on. I think as play I pulled, he's looking for like our episode three recap of Book of Boa Fett. So, P, I'm going to play this for you now. Tell me, like, how this aged for you. I think it's like two, maybe three or four episodes of the show. So, this is from, I think, February, maybe late January, talk about this. But this is Pete's concerns about the uh, Book of Boa Fett. This show is so terribly organized that it's going to fail as a whole. And the reason why I say that is because if this kind of organization was in a Star Wars movie, which it kind of was, right? Episode nine, everything was just thrown in like, hey, this is happening. This is happening. This is happening. This is happening. I understand episode nine. They were trying to fix stuff in eight. No, I don't think if this was a movie, people would really like this. As much as it's Boba Fett, it's live action. We're excited to have it. And again, we've talked about being spoiled about Mandalorian. If they would have took these three episodes, and I'm being totally serious, and I hope someone agrees with me on this, and people listening or you two, if they took these three episodes, they trimmed the fat, and they showed the entire flashback from him, uh, Boba Fett escaping the the Sarlacc pit, to the the desecration of the camp, just like just the decimation, excuse me, of the camp. If they showed the assassins trying to get him in the city, they showed the twins coming and leaving. They showed uh, Black K. They showed the Pikes coming. That ending would have set up episode two, and now you have six episodes to work with all of that. Could have had an hour and a half season um, premiere. Premiere could have used these three episodes as the first. In my opinion, these episodes reset themselves every single time. I feel like I was watching a first episode these past three weeks, and it doesn't work when it comes to to week to week. If we were watching this like Clone Wars and I watched three episodes in a row, it would feel like it was resetting, but it wouldn't be so prolonged. I'd be like, okay, I got through them, and now we're at the, the meat and potatoes of the show, and let's say there's 15 more episodes after it. Okay, fine. Like you can throw those episodes away. We can still work with it. I cannot see, I cannot see them making a successful 
season with four episodes with a little over 50% left. Nick, he nailed it. He did. <laughs> he did. Uh, no organization. And that's not, that's not my answer for what I didn't like. I mean, it's true. That's, it's not something I like, but it's not my answer. But he nailed it. Yeah, P, I feel like everything you told us about after episode three came to pass. Yeah, you know what the you know what the for lack of a word the shitty part of it is is even if they did what I suggested they had no plan the the next three episodes <laughs> would have been crap so I mean I I I hate to say it aged well because it did and it's unfortunate but man when I I, I mean I had I I heard people like in the comment section with Mandalorian four there that that uh what's it called that that trailer dropped. They're like, wait, Grogu's back. What happened? People weren't even watching Book of Boba Fett. They didn't even know what was going on. Pete, yeah, you just called it Mandalorian Four, and that proves your point so much. <laughs> that proves your point so much. Right. Say it's Mandalorian Three. So, like, I, I, I am, uh, I'm so used to now with Mandalorian being Book of Boba Fett. That's so easy. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, uh, uh. Obviously, it's season three, but it's it's just uh, it, I don't know what else to say. It's just horrible. I didn't like it. Well, I do want to throw in what I didn't like about the show, and what I didn't like about it is I think it spent way too long establishing a villain. So at first, we're led to believe I think we're led to believe that it's uh, what was her name, Madame Garza. Madame Garza. I think we're led to believe it was her in the first episode or so. Then we're led to believe it's the twins. Nope, they go off and they're fine. Oh, Madame Garza, she's actually a nice lady. Then we're led to believe it's Black K. No, he ends up joining Boba Fett. Then we're led to believe it's the Pikes, which it ends up being. But, okay, no one cares about the Pikes, and we didn't even know who they, and you don't learn about them at all throughout the series. They're not in it enough, and they don't establish themselves. Oh, wait, it's kind of Cad Bane, but he's there for like 20 minutes. You had Cad Bane show up in the first episode with the Pikes and showed him behind the scenes. Maybe you could build up the Pikes a little bit more and we actually care about them. But at this point, it's like, I don't even care who the villain was. And on top of everything you said, which is so true about the organization, I think if the show had an organized villain from the start, it would have been more entertaining. You forgot the mayor, too. The mayor was in there, too, at one point. Oh, the mayor. The mayor and his uh, and his his friend. What was the guy's name? We call him the mayor's assistant. He doesn't have a name. Yeah. They never, that guy. They never named the character. He's just the mayor's assistant. That, I think, was the big problem, is we couldn't establish a villain, and it was more of a... It's almost like a murder mystery. No, murder, but like a mystery of who's the killer? Who's the bad guy? And it's like, we don't find out till the last episode. That's like the opposite of how you should run a show. Yeah, I'll throw my problem out here as well, in terms of, like, I feel like just the fact that they couldn't do anything compelling with Boa himself, and I think... Tim Marsden has said this in interviews since then. He wants Boba to go back to being a badass. It's like when we see him show up in Mandalorian season two, like he's a badass. He's got his armor. He's kicking Stormtrooper ass all the way through this thing. Now, you know, like he's getting punked by like random street punk criminals. Like he's, he's, he's a bat act back to tank bath to heal his injuries. Like he's, it looks like we got like the washed up version. We got like, 45, like, you got, like, 38-year-old Peyton Manning, like, with the bad neck trying to, like, finish out a season, like, and I think that was a problem here, because, like, they really didn't know what to do with him, because they did Mando first, and Mando was so popular, they stole Boba's shtick, and they tried to do something else with Boba, it didn't work. Yeah, he, I don't think he works as a main character, It you need to humanize the main character in a way that you can relate to them, and he's better just being the muscle, being the badass, and when he takes the helmet off and has to be the main character, 
I don't think it works. Yeah, and P, I think the other, my other big issue, I feel like he was like, they tried to make this a gangster show and did not know how to make, and with you said this too on the pie, I didn't pull a clip, but like, he's a gangster who doesn't have any crimes, so he's any criminal rings he's running. I, how do you justify this show, right? If you're, if you're a, a, a showrunner or a producer that's saying, we want to make a show and you bring the script to the table, right? Yes, maybe Mandalorian season 2.5. Let me make sure I get my facts straight because I keep thinking it was season three and we're on season four. How does the how does the how did the company how does Disney look at this and go, yeah, this this is good. This makes sense, even though you have zero direction, even though we don't know who the villain is. And I it, it made no sense. They tried their best to have a a gangster mentality or whatever. But if I heard I rule with with respect one more time and he doesn't know how to use his jetpack anymore. I mean, there was there was so many things that were just egregious. Right. How does Boba Fett not use his jetpack when he's getting beaten up by a ring of like guys? Like, I don't don't understand how that doesn't work. You know, there was there was a lot of poor decisions made to try to make the episode more interesting. When in turn, it made the episode more idiotic, in my opinion. Yeah, one other thing I want to touch on before we sort of wrap up the Boba Fett section here is like bring Mando and Grogu in. Like, like we know this is Mando two and a half here. With like they sort of like ran out of ideas for Boba saying, you know, we got to bring Mandalorian to save the season here. And Nick, I feel like this was sort of something like I'll play a clip on this here real quick. But like the decision to bring Mando and Grogu back together, this was not a story decision, as Pete said on the podcast no, this year. Of course not. This was a business decision. Right there, hundred percent, hundred percent business. We man. saw how popular the Mando Grogu dynamic was, and they decided we cannot possibly wait for you in season three to put them back together. We can do it in an entirely different show. And then if for some reason you watched Mando, but not this, you would probably be very pissed off about this is going on. Yeah. In my opinion, this is a classic business decision, not story decision. Um, the business decision was that Grogu is probably more popular among non star Wars fans than the Mandalorian is. And there, there you go. Nick's got the shirt on. Um, Quite arguably, maybe Grogu is the more popular character of the Mandalorian and not the actual... Is that a cup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like a tiki cup. I haven't opened it yet. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like a lot, no one's having a Mandalorian tiki cup. We have a Grogu tiki cup. So I would say they cut their main revenue out of the show and went, oh, crap, what are we going to do? Grogu became more popular than we thought, right? Because then they filmed seasons one and two together. They they film yeah. I filmed one they filmed two they were filming two as one was airing, right? So they already had the plan to pretty much get rid of Grogu's character in theory after season two, and then they saw how popular the child was, and they're like, "Oh crap, we're gonna lose a ton of fans if the child isn't in it because some of our fans are probably only watching for Grogu. We need to bring him back for the start of season three, a hundred percent." And they need to do it. They found a plot hole in the book of Boba Fett and said, hey, we need content. Let's throw the Mandalorian in there and have the prequel to Mandalorian season three be the end of book of Boba Fett. And that's exactly what they did. Um, That's my opinion. Um, It's not confirmed by I don't have anyone in Disney telling me this is exactly what their decision was, but I have a pretty strong feeling that that's what happened. Pete, two for two. I mean, jump. It wasn't difficult. I mean, I, I feel like <laughs> with watching these shows new, like, I I mean, what we were at, we were at, we were at episode five of Book of Boba Fett and nothing was happening. Nothing, yeah. nothing happened after five episodes. Nothing. It was the same crap over and over again. Things were, like I said, resetting. So it, it, it's, it was kind of easy to make these decisions and these predictions for, for that show. 
Yeah. And now, another thing that I, I don't like about the show, looking back at it, because back then we were able to say, and I don't know if we said this specifically, I'm sure we did at some point on the podcast, we had said, well, I, I can't really blame Disney because Disney's not going to do a mafia show. Like that's kind of the idea. It was like a mob show, right? Yep. And we kept saying, well, Disney's not going to do that. Disney's not going to do that. Okay. Fast forward nine months later, look what they gave us with Andor. They could have done it, and apparently they were okay with doing it, and they would have done it. So that makes it even worse in my mind. Yeah, I think that does make it very make, make it much, 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 much worse. And I do think in terms of the Mando stuff that showed up here, I mean, like, he was fun. His stuff was great, but it was sort of the point they made here. Like, they had nothing. So I understand the Book of Boba Fett was a trailer after Mando 2, right? Yep. Do you think they made the executive decision there to make a show so they could bring back Grogu? And that this was not about Boba Fett. This was about the Mandalorian and fixing what they what they started. I feel like the, the trailer was very easy to make, right? It was just Boba Fett sitting on on killing Fortuna. Fortuna. Yeah, killing Ben Fortuna. Right. And sitting on the throne, right? A very easy uh, I don't want to say easy, but when it comes to production, an easy thing to 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 produce, right? Do you think when they saw, because they were filming season two as one was coming out and Grogu was getting popular, do you think they said, crap, we need to find a way because we already marked out how season three is going to be? Like, let's just make a show so that we can wrap that up and we Boba Fett's in it, so let's just throw him in because people will watch it. Like, do you think that was their plan? I think it was partially planned. I feel like Nick, they just threw, yeah. they just try to throw shit against the wall and see what stuck. I mean, it didn't really like work out until you got Mandalorian in the show. Nick, I see the process here. I think Pete sounds like here. I think this is a combination of that. They had the movie script sitting around. Rob Rodriguez did the great episode with Boba Fett in season two. And he's like, hey, I can do a show on this. And they're like, great, you're hired. We got to include all this stuff. Yeah, I, I, I think that's definitely what happened. Yeah. All right. So let's add a couple of thick notes in here real quick. I'm going to check. I'm going to throw up here. We we did at the, every show. We did the uh, season review. We have... Like I have an MVP LVP board for Book of Boba Fett. I don't know why it did not load in here, but I have to figure out where it went. The uh, actual graphics here. Ah, here we go. So let me just pull this one up here. This is the final MVP board for Book of Boba Fett. I had to pull this up here. We had two clips I want to play related to this, but here we go here. So the MVPs of Book of Boba Fett here. Uh, Fennec Shan was the MVP of Bo- Book of Boba Fett plus five. Mando plus four, Boba Fett plus three. So, Pete, bad side, the main character is third on his own show. Honestly, he should have been dead last. Uh, we'll get to who's dead last, but Sorry, I know, but yeah, Cyberpunk yeah. Power Rangers plus two. We are the only ones in the internet Nick, who love these guys. Yeah, I, I mean, this is wild looking at this. Cad Bane plus two, plus ones, the Black K, Gamorrean Guards, Luke Skywalker, Cobb Vanth, and Grogu. The Tuscan Raiders end up at zero. I don't even remember how that happened. Negative ones. The ta- the twins. The towel rat from our friend Mike Brescia. Bib Fortuna. Peli Motto, The mayor. Rob Rodriguez from me. That was my LVP point. And the, the Pike Syndicate. Negative two. The writers. Negative three. Madam Garson. The mayor's assistant. And Deputy Scott was the worst character at negative five. Looking back, like some of the things I see that right away, I'm like, wow, really? The mayor's assistant was very annoying, right? Yeah, he was bad at the start. But he was, a, but he was a fantastic character. Yeah, I think he just got dot because that's, that's the slow speed chase he was in. 
Yeah, and then you look at like Boba and the Cyberpunk Power Rangers, and I'm like, really? They were they were up there, and like Black K, he should have been higher. Like Luke Skywalker only got one point. Like you said, one episode. Only one of us gave him a point. That means so. Like when we look at we look back at this, I see a lot of. It's like when you look at your fantasy football draft around Christmas time, and you're like, someone picked Cole Komet over Chris Olave. Like, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah, two clips I want to play here. First, uh, Pelly Motto is on the board. I think for a lot of reasons. I think this is probably one of them. So great scene, great montage. Very confusing about dating the Jawas, though. Yeah, Pete, we learned that apparently the Jawas are very furry. She. I don't know why she had to say it so many times. I think the once was enough. Like she said, like three times. She's like, "Don't forget, I dated one of them." Like, are you trying to tell us that that that's what was going on? Like, we got it. Like, you don't have to keep throwing it in our face. Um, yeah, I I don't know what were they trying to quote unquote humanize the Jawa that they can have relationships and so I don't I don't know where that was coming from maybe again comic relief because I, as Nick is laughing under under his breath in the microphone I'm <laughs> laughing too because it's just like where it's just so weird it's it's so out of left field yeah yeah this is a basically by the third time she's talking about the Jawa relationship I'm just sitting there I'm sitting there going oh good for you yeah I think that was a pretty good summary of why she's on the board Nick Yeah, it's funny. I, I remember people love her character. To me, I hate her. All right. And last but not least in the clips before we move on here, we got to talk about Deputy Scott because he's by far one of the worst characters of the year. So this one is why we all we all uh, dinged him. Uh, I would have to give it to Deputy Scott. Like He's just an idiot. Like, <laughs> like what are you doing? Like, he's telling you, your boss is telling you to go inside. You're like, no, nah, I'm going to stay right here and get you shot. Like, what? I don't think you know he just he just caused problems and i feel like he's the only character that had more screen time than boba fett that did the worst in the episode so i have to give it to him uh nick who's your lvp i'm going with pete deputy scott he right away from when we first saw him when mando um showed up we were just like oh this guy's annoying you know yeah right I away i knew it he was, oh no, what was that when Mando showed up? Wasn't when did he first show up? He's a Mando shows up because he's basically trying to be a tough guy. Mando gets there. With the parking, yeah, he's like, Yeah, you park yeah, your ship right, over right. there. Yeah, I could, I was confused on whether it was when Mando showed up or the way beginning with the pikes, but no, it was then. He, he, yeah, he was, um, or very annoying. I think that's going to be a clean sweep. Can you confirm that? Yeah, so I confirm that. Deputy Scott's the LVP this episode. He is by far the worst character we've seen this season. Like, he is a complete moron. He tries to be a tough guy when he shouldn't be. Cobb Vanth has better instincts. He's not listening to his boss. He exacerbates the situation with Cad Bane and gets himself killed. I mean, he's dead because of his own stupidity. So he deserves yeah, the LVP. He's a worse character than the than the mayor's assistant. Because the mayor's assistant's annoying. But he's, he's kind of funny. You know what yeah. I mean? This guy just sucks. Yeah. Think about sums it up, Pete. Complete idiot. Yeah. He sucks. You're right. It sums it up greatly. Also, Nick, one last thing before we close. I think I should have combined Rod Rodriguez and the writers. It should just be a negative three for Rod Rodriguez in terms of this board. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. We we went against that in our future stuff here. Yeah. One for each episode he directed. He should have negative three. Right. All right. Now let's move on to uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the second show we got this year here. So, uh, Pete, tell us what you liked about Obi-Wan. Uh, I I really like getting this layer of story that I feel like we didn't see. Um, I like the action. 
I like that we saw Darth Vader at pretty much his full potential. I feel like every time we saw Darth Vader, um, he was either in like a 1970s version or 80s version. So like the action wasn't as great. And um, I feel like we weren't seeing Darth Vader in his prime. And I feel like we could see the emotion of Anakin still inside of Darth Vader. We could see the emotion of Obi-Wan. Um Overall, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. Um, obviously, there's things to improve on. Um, obviously, there's there's the gripes that we have for it. Um, but I think overall, it was a it was a fantastic show. Uh, Nick, what'd you think? What do you like about Obi Wan? I think it brought us some things that were really cool and to say and things I wanted to see in Star Wars. We got to see Hayden Christensen play Vader again. We got to see. That scene where he kind of like chopped off half the mask there. We got to see Uncle Owen and Luke a little bit and Tatooine and just a lot of things in Star Wars. I'm like, I wonder how that went down. And like, we got to see it. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, you mentioned one of the ones I liked. Yeah, I pulled the clip here of the helmet sequence here because that's like the one of the big things from the finale. Again, a lot more detailed coverage of season recap. Owen can always be linked in the show notes here. But this is the helmet sequence. This is from the finale, our coverage of the that. This is so poetic right here because Ahsoka and Obi-Wan were the two, and Padme of course but she's not with us anymore, were the two closest people to Anakin right before his turn. Now I know he hadn't seen Ahsoka in a while and then he saw her for a little bit and then turned, but his, his biggest supporters if you will, the two people that cared about him the most were Ahsoka and Anakin or excuse me, Ahsoka and Obi-Wan and both of them have a similar duel with him, see him in the light a little bit see him go back to the dark with the helmet half open. And then to make it even more poetic, Ahsoka one side, Obi-Wan one side, Luke the whole helmet. Nick, I think you nailed that. I think the writing was on the wall with that one. Yeah, I like that as well. I liked. I also thought P was good to get Ewan McGregor back in his role as Obi Wan Kenobi. I mean, the fact he's aged, I think about like fifteen years, like made the right age fit for where the character is at that point. And he doesn't make sto- much story sense why he like all of a sudden, like in ten years, he's supposed to be Alec Guinness and like Owen Maru or like Haggard at that point. But like his performance, I think, was worth it. I agree. I uh, I don't have any issues with his performance. I think I think he did a phenomenal job. All right. This now, I think again, much like Boa Fett, I feel like there's a lot of things we did not like about this show here. So, Nick, you want to tell us what the show got wrong? Yeah, I think it's very simple. I don't think the show was necessary at all. Yeah, I don't. I I enjoyed seeing things that I was asking questions about. Absolutely, but the show wasn't necessary. It kind like there's ways you could explain it, but I think it kind of puts a damper on some of the things that we watched in. A New Hope, where it's like, oh, I haven't seen him since, since like the last time we met. And yet, technically, that stuff still makes sense, but I don't think that was the way it was intended. And it, I just don't think the show should have existed. And I think it tried really hard to be flashy and cameo-heavy in a way. And I just don't think it needed to happen. And it did more harm than good. Yeah, P, I do feel like we complain about this a lot on this podcast that like how Star Wars obsesses like selling like fitting like their higher stories like this narrow strip of continuity, especially here. Like you could see the writing was like twisted up and not to try and like not affect what happened in episode four, but still tell its own story. Yeah, and I, I think uh I think you kind of have that effect when episode three comes out when uh you know, for episode five, when we find out that Darth Vader is is uh 
is Luke's father, right? I think he loses that wow factor, right? People that are watching in the eighties were like, oh, holy crap, the big the big bad guy is, is actually the good guy's dad. But like when episode three came out movie wise, it I feel like it kind of brought that shock factor down because if you watch them in order, uh, when it comes to chronological order, you you already knew this. This is not a big shock factor. So I think it has the same effect. I don't think it cheapens episode four at all, just like I don't think uh, episode three really cheapens episode five. Um, I have my own thoughts about episode five when it comes when it comes down to uh, the movie rankings, which you can watch in the previous podcast. Um, but but like I said, it has the same effect. It loses that wow factor and it and it and it you kind of lose that like awe. Um, I think one of the things I would have liked seen change was was Reva's character's arc. I, I think they just didn't execute that well. I, I understand what they were trying to do, but it it I don't think it worked out very well for them. And I think that the the lack of um I don't want to say story for the Inquisitors, more like the lack of execution for the Inquisitors is probably the detriment to the show for me. I think for me, I think you sum up some of the stuff I say is I feel like the my being proud of the show is like I feel like the Obi-Wan and Anakin stuff was great and the Vader stuff was great, but like this how we got there. Some of the writing choices that were made here were very, very, very stupid. And I feel like there's a lot of times that like we make like supporting characters look like idiots to like sort of like just speed the story along or we're cutting corners to like, you know, jamming these certain run times. Like I remember the infamous like, scene episode four where like we have a com- we have the Roken conversation where like it's like, I can't help you. 30 seconds later, what I'll do whatever you need. Like stuff like that. Like the writing's too lazy. Yeah, I agree with you. And Pete, I want in terms of the writing here, I got to set up here. Like we have to talk about episode four where uh, our good, our good friend Alex Asano was here with us filling in while Nick was on his honeymoon here. We have to like, like, I talk about bad writing on this show, the empire security at their base. That's gotta be very high up there. Uh, Pete, who's your LVP? So can I give it to like 17 people? (laughs) Can I just give it to the empire? They suck. They're just horrible. I, I, I think I have the answer for you, Pete. The Empire. Imp- Imperial security. Security. Who's got punk in the head? What to do? I don't. Look, I am not going to sit here and say I would understand or know what to do in a situation where a prisoner is trying to fight me. Okay, I, I can't say I know that situation. Can't say I understand that situation. You're in armor and you get bonked and you're holding a gun. Shoot! Like. <laughs> one is going to like be mad at you if you were protecting yourself from an imperial officer that they make it seem like is no big deal right traitor fine she has information about the paths fine i get it maybe don't shoot but <laughs> just give it to the empire as a whole <laughs> yeah i'm looping with you here we're calling imperial security here this is going to be the other lvp from me just because again this is basically one jedi one traitor and a kid managed to get out of a base with three inquisitors, a whole like three, like hundreds of stormtroopers, a bunch of officers, and a bunch of like weapons on their disposal. How, how they got out of the base makes no sense. How do you not 
recognize a full grown man with a set of like little girl feet <laughs> next to it. Beard out the freaking face. Like he's got barely a cap on. He's got the biggest beard in the room. Yeah. Like how, how do you just overlook a 10 year old girl in a military base? That <laughs> Also, as the fact that I didn't mention here, the fact that like, when they're walking, you see an officer walking with a man who whose whose cape just balloons at his tor like out into his torso, but the chest is not matched the right proportions as well. That also looks odd. You're gonna you're gonna have to bleep this out, but the Empire are a bunch of fucking idiots. I'm sorry. <laughs> they suck. Yeah, Nick, we went from this show's writing to Andor's writing. It's like going from like pre-K to like uh, master's level education. Yeah, something else, huh? Yeah. Um Pete though. On the cliffs, undefeated so far. Yeah, Pete, Pete's nailing it on the cliffs. Uh, thanks, guys. I don't know. I, I I just feel like I'm reacting to what everyone's seeing. I uh, I think I think early on in this year, I think we discussed not giving the writers LVP points because the writers are the ones that give us the good episodes as well. Um, but it, it, it Star Wars has this funny thing of making the Empire look so stupid, and Nick's brought this up a bunch too. And to his credit, I'm I'm taking that from him right now by saying like they make them look stupid all the time. And yeah. this was a perfect example of we need to get them out of here, so let's make them look dumb as they always do. I'm gonna, I'm telling you, P. I'm gonna make a cut for the board for next year. I'm gonna basically cut the unclip to say the Empire are fucking idiots and have that on the soundboard for when we need it. Honestly, I, I feel like that that's needed for for a lot of Star Wars stuff. So sure, let's let's rock with it. I'm down. Yeah, so that's gonna be on the soundboard con here. And since you brought up the MVPs and the LVPs, I'm gonna put that one up here. We'll go to Obi Wan. Our board's smaller. Obviously, there's only six episodes here, but. Obi-Wan Kenobi was the MVP of his own show at plus eight. Darth Vader plus five. Tala plus three. Owen and Beru Lars plus two each. Plus ones for Ahaja and Leia. Bail Organa got a negative one. Roken got negative one. So the fifth brother and Leia's cousin. And the writers where he changed it. Reva and negative uh Reva and negative two. She's not Reva. Then the uh, then the other side here, the negative fours. The aforementioned Imperial Security, Disney. Which I think it's going to become a catch-all for production. And the Flea Gang. Uh, Nick, this was a... I think the Worthy Tree will be on the bottom. Well, I feel like Rogan should be there. But he's not. Yeah. Um, Top of the list looks good. So, uh, I'm excited. What, what do you have for us? Uh, you, I, I believe you have a clip for us. I do. I got to talk about our pal Flea. So, I got to go here and talk about that one. This is why Flea's at the bottom of the board. So, here's Flea. Nick... How was it? Take Mike, we got the we got a worse chase scene than we did in Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> you want the Cyberpunk kids to come back? Yes. That was this was only lasted about what? Two minutes. Ninety seconds, two minutes. That was the worst two minutes of television I've seen in a long time. I was gonna I wasn't even getting to that yet. I was gonna say, like, how much does it take you out of this when we turn around and flee is one of the bad guys? That was odd. Very <laughs> odd. And honestly, like I like, you know. I mean, I don't really know him as a person. I never heard him even speak outside of this, but I like him as a musician. But I'm really getting a little tired of, like, everyone and everyone getting a cameo in Star Wars. Yeah, Pete, what was more, like, off-putting, Thundercat and Boba Fett or Flea here? I don't know. I, I, I This this scene was rough. I, I got to be honest. I don't know. Obviously, you probably can't find, like, a stunt kid for a chase scene so she was probably doing her best as the actress but don't make it a chase scene right like 
you don't need that 90 seconds if you know that let's say the actress can't run really fast to make the actors that are the bounty hunters can't catch her right if you're gonna kidnap her you kidnap her and that's it i, I don't yeah, there, there's no negative impact on her character by taking her right away Correct. I mean, there's. it's not like, uh, yes, you want to show that Leia's putting up a fight, but you, you show that in episode two. You, you don't need that 60 to 90 second slow ass chase scene. And and again, I think it's because of the limitations of the actress. You can't get again. You, I don't think you can get a stunt kid to come in and run faster than adults through the woods. I, I just don't think it looks correct. So I understand what they were probably trying to go for, but the same effect happens if you just kidnap her, if she runs for a little bit and you get her and then the show continues. I don't, I don't think that chase scene's necessary. Nick, you're right. That was worse than the uh, cyberpunk chase scene. Uh, it was. Yep. That's why Flea's on the LEP board. Yeah, that was real bad. It's, it got, it didn't get much better in the next episode when Obi-Wan was chasing her around in the city. Well, did, am I mistaken here, Pete? Did they kill off the Flea gang? I can't. I can't remember. Did they, Nick? I'm pretty sure they died. I honestly do not remember either. I'm gonna look this up here while I try and figure this out here. But while we have this going on here, uh, let's go to like we'll go with Chronicle over here. Go to Lego Star Wars Summer Vacation here, Pete. We did not hear from you on this thing. What did you think of it? So I'm I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I didn't get a chance to watch it. That is the honest to God truth. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't have the time. Um, I think I was on vacation at that point, right? Yeah. Uh, you were. You were on your own vacation. And my plan was to watch it before this podcast, and I didn't get the chance. So I apologize. But, Nikki, you're going to have to to take my take my part of the segment over here. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. Yeah. It was really fun. You had to remind me on some of the, um, the segments there, Mike. I remember we had the Vader and Palpatine at the beach. But what were the other ones? Uh, Obi-Wan goes undercover at a party for a working vacation. And then there was one with like Finn, right? Yeah, it was, it was Finn was the main character of this one where he's oh, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The other, the other one is like young Ben Solo getting dropped off at Luke's camp and he he goes to Endor and then like he gets himself in trouble. Yeah, I, I remember specifically really loving the Vader Palpatine one. Yeah, that one was like that, that was on. It was like the first real beach plant we got outside of Scarif. I thought it was Scarif. I think I think they went to Scarif afterwards. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Are you meaning the Vader and? Yeah. Vader and um, Palpatine went to Scarif. You mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I I did I did recommend it, Pete. It was a lot of fun. Fun forty five minutes here. You know, like they had some fun stories they tell. It was very much in the vein of the Hollywood Halloween one from last year. I have to apologize to the fans and to you guys because I should have done my show prep and watched it, but uh, it is definitely in my watch list, and it's definitely something I am going to uh, to check out soon. Yeah, I, I did also look up here. The uh, Flea and his gang were killed by the G, by the Grand Inquisitor, so the GI should have been on the MVP board for that. Okay, yeah, it was an off-screen death, right? No, like literally, he just kills him with a spinning lightsaber. Oh, they were in the room, the small room. Yes. I remember now. Yeah, and then, I remember now. So the GI should have gotten love from us for that. I mean, I know we try not to nitpick, and when people do nitpick, we try to say, "Oh, you're nitpicking," but it's been how long now since they showed Obi Wan's trailer? Like, I don't know, ten months came out around the Super Bowl, a little after. Yep. The Grand Inquisitor looked horrible, and it took me out of it completely. 
I'm not going to forgive them for that. Like that was very a very obvious thing. He looked terrible. It looked nothing like him. They could have put some more makeup on to make it look right. I know you wanted to. They wanted to use Rupert's friend, I believe. Yep. But you could have made him look more. I know he's, he's a very weird shaped head. He kind of looks like a Martian, but they could have made it work. Just a little more makeup. Use the yellow yellow eyes. Like, what are you doing? Like, was that was that on purpose? I still don't get that. Uh, Pete, worse uh, animated to live action uh, transition here. Him or Cat Bane? I thought Cad Bane looked pretty damn good. Uh, I mean, I, I understand that it wasn't perfect, but for what they had to do with the budget they probably had, I thought Cad Bane was, was actually a really good likeliness of, of what they had in Clone Wars. I mean, I think they could have done a lot better. They probably used all up their, their budget all up on the Darth Vader, the last probably scene against Darth Vader and Obi-Wan, yeah. probably, you know, trying to make that look cool. And they made a really bad decision to say, well, the Grand Inquisitor is not going to be around for most of the episodes, so we're not going to make him look exactly correct. Uh, I Yeah, I think that was a major flop for them. I agree with that. Mike, Mike do, me, do me a favor. Yeah. See if you could find this picture. And if you could, please share the screen. Uh, can, you look up, can you look up a picture? It can be any picture. It can be a specific picture. A picture of Dooku with Christopher Lee and Dooku in animation. And my point is, these characters do not look the same at all. But there's something about them that makes him look significantly better than the Grand Inquisitor. And if you could find it, please let me know. Yeah. You, you know what I think it is? I have one. I don't know. I don't have to share the screen. I'll be honest I, with you. What I think it is, is I think the Grand Inquisitor in Obi-Wan looks like he has makeup on. I think that's the issue. I don't think they made it realistic. Even if the head shape was different and the markings were a little different, if they made it a little bit more realistic to what it was supposed to be, I think that would have been the... Okay, like the whole Count Dooku doesn't look the same in animated in, in real life, but it's a human, so you expect the human to look like that. Uh, this, it was just, I mean, he just looks like he has makeup on and like a false head, you know? So I just, I, I think that was the issue. I just don't think they put much pride into it. So here's the, here's exactly what I'm getting. I mean, if you can't find a picture, it's not a big deal. I can explain it. It's Count Dooku is a human. He's a male. He's lighter skinned. He has white hair and a beard. He has brown eyes, a little bit of a hairline, and his hair slicked back. All of that remains in his animated self. That's fine, even if it looks very different. The Grand Inquisitor has yellow eyes. He didn't have yellow eyes in Obi-Wan. That's like a big part of his character, having the yellow eyes, the Sith eyes, and you took it away. Yeah. He has Mark coming down his head vertically. They're not there anymore. They are. They're really hard to distinguish. That, to me, is just like kind of inexcusable because it doesn't it's not right it's not true to the character if you made him with all those if you gave him those lines you gave him the eyes fine because i understand characters look very different in animation than they do in live action but he's missing significant or, or he's missing important features yeah i mean if you could give Anakin the kind of yellow eyes episode three some reason you couldn't do it with a uh, river friend yeah all right Palpatine had him he did Let's go we'll go real quick Tales of the Jedi here. I feel like we just we just did this last year. Not go too bonkers on this. So give me the two second version here, uh, Nick. What like Tales of the Jedi, what you liked. I thought the the fact that we got to see more about Dooku was amazing. And I anything more about Dooku, anything more about Alpatine, anything more even about Yoda, Mace Windu, like Harris, if you don't know a lot about their past, I I'm in. Uh P anything you want to add from last week? Again, I'm gonna link to last last week's podcast if you want to go back to it. 
Uh, we're doing just what we like, not both. Uh, you could do you could do either way. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I, I really like that we got a lot more information, like Nick was saying. But the only thing I didn't like was they wasted the first episode. That was like the, my main gripe. Yeah, I feel like again, if I could, I knew why Ahsoka was in there. It's wish to be a different character than to go with Dooku than Ahsoka. That's also fair. We get because, as you said, this is basically anything Dave Filoni is involved in. Ahsoka is like the number one character who's in it. Even in Rebels, and look, they shouldn't be there. She's there. Yep. Yeah. All right. Let's go now to the highlight of the year, which was came out of nowhere. Was Andor being like not only the best Star Wars show we've gotten this year, but like. Up in the conversation with, you know, House of the Dragon, Rings of Power, one of the three best shows of the year. I don't think we would have seen this coming, Pete. So I'll be honest, I I definitely didn't. I think the the consensus for me, and I don't know if you have this backlogged, was I just, I don't know what to expect, and I don't know what they could do with it. And I was afraid it was going to be another book of Boba Fett. I really was. Um, and I think they delivered phenomenally and i think that the way they formatted the show of like a world building experience i think that's why it starts to compare to house of dragon uh rings of power stuff like that um if you like i said if you asked me before the show started i was very um skeptical about how good it was going to be um but now that after i watched it i i i am excited for season two and i hope they don't mess up season one right i hope they i hope they deliver on season two we have a nice great two seasons and we we ended on a great note and uh, we kind of move forward from there. Uh, I'm excited for our first season too. I know we had it in Amanda, but we didn't cover it. Like this is will be our first season two that we're covering a show that we already know about. We don't have to go in there saying, how's this show going to be? What are the characters going to be like? We know. And it's exciting to cover a show that we've covered before. Oh, you're sure changing bad. That's a little bit. What's that? You're sure changing bad. That's a little bit. They are going to season two first. That's what I mean. I'm talking about bad batch. Yeah. Oh, I was, talking I, was about, talking... I was Andor. Oh, no, I was talking about bad batch. Yeah. Andor's was something else. We love Andor. Yeah, and Nick, you were the biggest Andor supporter on the podcast. You were the one who said this is going to be just something we need, sort of breath of fresh air, something different. So, like, tell me what you love about Andor. I, you just said it. <laughs> exactly what we needed is a breath of fresh air. Yeah, uh, that's it. Was it? It it was exactly what we didn't have in Star Wars. It was I think what what shied people away from shows like Obi Wan. And Boba Fett is exactly what drew people in to Andor. They didn't do. You don't need to watch 48 hours of the Clone War or more. I don't know how much it is if you watch the whole show. And nine movies to understand what's happening in this one specific thing. That's big criticism people have with like the MCU and Marvel. is like, oh, I got to watch 27 movies to go to the movies tonight. <laughs> but with this, you don't have to. You can. All you have to know to watch the show, the Empire exists. If you watch the original trilogy, be great. If not, it's not a big deal. The the Empire exists. They're evil. That's all you need to know. P, I give this show credit, too. Like, I don't think you need to have watched Rogue One, where he came from, to have a good take on this show and have fun with it. No, because it's a prequel to Rogue One. I mean, this is all... This is a great show, to me, if you want to get into Star Wars. I think if you're not someone who likes... Uh, science fiction or anything like that watch this show and i think that'll get you into the star wars universe seamlessly um and you can watch this without spoiling anything i mean we didn't we, we had no cameos we, we we had no tracker like it was literally its own thing like you had said breath of fresh air um and it was it was human it was it was 
something like watching like a even though Game of Thrones is, is sci-fi or fantasy or whatever, but it was like watching a Game of Thrones. It was like I I connect with these characters a little bit. I care what happens to this character. I care about the story. I care about Andor's mother. I care about all this kind of stuff. So it yeah, I mean I, I think it was definitely a surprise to me. The thing I loved other shows typically is like that we took so much time to like, as you said, Leo, this is not a cameo party like Book of Both ep- episode six was where everybody from everything showed up to just like hang out for an episode. Like we got only characters we had legacy wise that we really had any connection with were uh, Andor himself from Rogue One, Saw Gerrera and Mon Mothma. Even then we basically made a new version of Mon Mothma out of nothing. And then we introduced all these new characters over the course of the show. We have, I mean, when you, we go to our MVP board at the end of this section here, like, it was so full compared to everything else because there's so many characters developed and have motives and we learn about them and we get, we're basically shown what they are and not told. I think that helps a lot, Nick. Absolutely. Completely agree with you. Anything. Yeah. I think we got to stay in this section. Because we, a lot of things you love about Andor here. So anything else you want to add about like what was good about Andor? What was good about it? Yes. I think I just said it. No, I think it was uh, the best written show i think it was the best directed show ever i think all of it was the best to be honest with you best acted show everything i think was the best of any star wars show and i'll stretch that further i think that has been i think andor is the best disney plus show ever yeah it's high praise over the mandalorian or any of like the marvel stuff like this this is it yeah i think it is i think that is the it is the best disney plus show there has been yet yeah p in terms of the writing i think the thing i liked also at this show is that like Yes, we had like, you know, like these ep- they had these sort of episode arcs where we sort of like, you know, told parts of the story together and then we moved on to another one that's like loosely connected to the previous one. Like really felt like a true serialized storytelling experience opposed to like some of these other shows we've gotten. I agree. Um, the only thing I would say about the writing is Luthen's character to me, at least. And I know this is not the popular opinion, but to me, flip flopped and kind of lost his uh, his mojo, if you will, toward the end there. Um, but I agree. The, the writing, the world building, the, the the character arcs, the character development, you were you were engaged. I think I think that's the main thing for me. I was engaged. I cared. Yeah. Well, I didn't care. I I, I understood. Like I understood, but I didn't care what happened to the Tuscan Raiders in the flashback. Like I didn't care. So I I think if the Mandalorian can follow this same style moving forward maybe mandalorian season four instead of season three because that's probably been already in, you know it was already in production when andor is being written and stuff i'm sure um i think mandalorian could, could get to the to that level but i agree with nick i think this is the best disney plus show that they produced especially live action star wars show um and i i just i i hope it wins the awards that it's up for because i think it deserves it Nick, I'm curious. I'm gonna go back in a couple of weeks and we're gonna start. We're gonna rewatch Mando season one. I feel like I'm, like we're gonna get ready for Mandalorian. I hear we're gonna have some Mando cuts coming up on the podcast. We sort of talk about each season as a whole. Like I feel like Mando one. I want to compare how this sort of handled this. Where like at this point, like there were very few legacy characters in the show. I mean, technically, Grogu is they said copy legacy characters, same for Mando. But like they did a similar thing with introducing a lot of new characters, sort of building them up and like getting us invested in their fates as the show went on here. Season two is where all the cameos started coming in here. I think season one would be a good comparison to see how this show goes. I agree. I, I just don't think it was as good. I, I had, no, had no issues with Mandalorian season one. It was good, but I don't think it was as good as what we got in Rogue One. And I think we're going to see that when we go back and watch it again. Yeah, that's for sure here. And think in terms of like what we like here. I mean, obviously, I think all the character building was here. 
I do think like even like these minor characters who we get for like two episodes and then they're gone. I think think that they leave an, leave an impact on us here. Like like uh, Nick, I'll give you a good example here. Like remember Nemec, how big important he comes after his three episodes and he dies. Yeah, sure. Yeah, your brother actually made the argument when he came onto the podcast for recap episode six and when he dies that he's the most important character, one of the most more characters in Star Wars. So I'll you play his argument for that. So this is from episode six of our Andor coverage. I think he was an important character to Cassian because we had mentioned this, and I think we had mentioned this last week when we had Dan on that he goes from selfish to selfless, and it took someone to show him that way, and it looks like it was him. Yeah, Phil, what do you think about Nemec? Uh, I actually think Nemec is, the, and this is going to sound like I'm exaggerating, but I'm not. I actually think he's one of the most important characters in any Star Wars show ever. And the reason why is because the original trilogy, and I think it's because the movies were kind of geared a little bit towards children, doesn't really explain why there are these rebels in the first place, right? So, so you know that there's these big bad guys, and then there's these rebels who are rebelling against the bad guys, but it's kind of unclear why the rebels are motivated to the cause anyway. Nemec actually puts some sort of a philosophical perspective behind the cause. And then you can start to understand, okay, there are philosophical objections to the empire, and that is able to motivate people to join a rebellion. And then they also uh, give you a little bit of stories about how uh, the empire has harmed families and things of that sort, which kind of, now you can understand the the boots on the ground, right? So so in the original trilogy, you, you understand why the Jedi, the few remaining, are rebellious uh, against the empire. But you don't really understand why 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 are there henchmen or soldiers uh, trying to defend Princess Leia as they're getting slaughtered by Darth Vader? Why are those guys doing that? Why don't they just say, you know what, uh, I I want to switch sides, and and now you understand why. Yeah, Pete, we see stuff like this happen where we have this whole character who's here for a couple episodes. He gets his whole backstory. He gets this important moment where he teaches Cassie something, and Cassie's carrying the manifesto around with him the rest of the season. We get this writing compared to like you know, Roken having his thirty second heel ter- like a uh, heel turn with the Obi Wan. I mean, like this shows you that this show is on a far superior level than anything else that we're getting. Well, I I was just I I looked up a piece of the, the manifesto from from Nemec, and it's it's funny. I think Nemec's the very first character that has the rebellion built on hope. Yeah, I think that we we normally think of this from Leia saying we have hope. You know, it, it all, you know, a new hope is the is the first movie. Um, but literally at the end of this piece of the manifesto is rebellions are built on hope. Remember this try. And it's, it's funny that now another character takes that away from like a mainstream character that we know and love. And literally from the beginning, we find out with a lot of other words that make a lot of sense. And there's a lot of piece of these manifestos, go look it up, go listen to the episode and actually listen to what, what Nemec is saying. It, it, literally explains the empire down to a T down to, to every little I that's dotted in the manifest. It's literally perfect. And it explains everything and it, and it makes sense. So it, it's very powerful. And I, I agree with, with Nick's brother. Yeah. Uh, Nick, I think Phil did a good job sort of summing up how important Nick is. And this is a great sort of writing. We get these characters like him. We get like Andy Serkis, character, Kino Loy, who gives like, the speech of all time in uh, episode 10, which is I think one of the best episodes of the year. We'll get to more of that in a minute, but like, all these characters, like, 
It's it's not relying on flashy side of, like uh, special effects or lightsaber or space battles. Like just like the politics of Star Wars, you get like really on display well here. Yep, the whole Mon Mothma storyline I think is something that took a long time to develop, but it ended up being brilliant when we saw it out how it how it played out and how it ended. So the politics I think were a good thing and. People didn't like them at the prequels, I think, at the time. But I think a lot of people have grown to appreciate that that aspect of Star Wars. And I'm excited for what comes next in Endor. And you guys want to add the positives before we give our few negatives out on this show? Um, no, no, nothing to add. Uh, P, are you good on the positives? Yes, sir. All right, let's go to the negatives here. So uh, I'll go to you first, Pete, here, like, what did you not like about Andor? I I didn't like that I felt like individual episodes, if you look at the show individual episodes-wise, there was probably only like four that were really strong out of the 12. Um, I didn't like how like the first, the second arc, excuse me, didn't end as uh, excitingly as I thought it would have. Um theatrically i think they could have done things a little bit better however season as a whole and i said this before in our in our recap season as a whole makes this show amazing it's the individual episodes that you look at it and say to a casual fan hey watch this episode by episode be by week by week if i'm waiting three weeks for the end of uh, of the raid um to get to get all the money and i see that and that's that's it i'm like for me, I was like, that was that was it. That was the big lead up. We led up to all of this, and that's what happens. Um, same thing with the final episode. The final episode was good. It was meaningful. But for if you really look at what happens in that episode, not a lot happens. There's a lot of setup. There's a lot that is happening in the background of the rebellion starting and, and you know, people of Ferrix rebelling against you know the Empire's presence there. But this isn't anything new that we've seen. Start like there wasn't any like big big moments. It was let's sneak out of here with Andor uh, and Bix, and that was the end of it. So I think the moments that were supposed to be big could have been bigger. Um, but that's really my only gripe with it. Uh, Nick, any big gripes for Andor? I think my only big gripe is kind of what Pete said that episode by episode, it it seems like it doesn't fit their model. Their model is not the binge model. That's not the Disney Plus way. It's the week over week episode that you have a 10 episode season. It's going to take you, unless they double up, 10 weeks. This show doesn't fit that. This show's better for the binger. And that's my only negative in, in the show is that it doesn't really fit their model. Yeah, I think my only negative here is I feel like that, like, apart from like, you know, the individual episodes may not pop like as highly as like, you know, we may not be as like over the top wow as some of these like other shows are. I feel like, like, in terms of like, Character wise, I feel like there was like one character who me who I think like hurt the show a bit. I do think the way they wrote Car, I think, was bad for the show. I mean, Kyle Solar acted the hell out of the character, and like the act the writing, like the way he did this was great. But I do think the way he was written, that they brought the story down whenever he was on the screen. It was it, it, it was like awkward when he was on the screen. Yeah, because it's sort of like for me, Pete. We've said this on the a couple of like couple of recaps. They're like. Whenever he was there, I felt like we were sort of like stopping momentum, like what was going on with these other storylines. You know what's funny? I was I, I actually gave a lot of thought to Karn's character, and I and I kind of un un 
unapologetically compare it to Michael Scott in the office. Yeah. Michael Scott in the office is the most awkward character you'll ever see. But I think because of that awkwardness, it makes the character great. And I think they were trying their best to set up the desperation that he has, the, the obsession that he has. I think they did a great job at that. And like you said, I think the actor acted the hell out of that character. So retrospectively looking at it, I kind of understand it. And I'm not as mad as I was or as as like kind of like cringed as I was because some characters are written to be that way. So you you so you feel that awkwardness so that maybe you can understand what's going to happen in the next season or or whatever. Or understand their 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 kind of motives and their and personality. Yeah, and I do have a great moment from our episode, I think nine podcast with uh with Karn at our friend, uh, our friend Kevin Lillis came on the podcast to talk about how creepy he was when he was stalking Dedra. So I'm going to play that one here. Am I missing something? Because as the conversation went on, absolutely, I agree with her. But at the beginning, when he just thanked her for getting for doing a part in his promotion, why, why was that so creepy to her? Oh, he's kind of, you know, like we're standing there, you know, like not even like he's not even pretending to talk to somebody. He's just standing there. As soon as he sees her, he pops out. It's like, that's like very, uh, the, the way he. I can see it. her being a little startled. I, as the conversation went on, I definitely see why she was creeped out. But I feel like she was prematurely creeped out by him be, actually being nice at the beginning of that conversation. Well, if you think about it, she took him in for an interrogation for questioning. And if you take someone in for questioning, I would say 99.99% of the time, you're not going back to thank them. She's probably like, why is this guy back? What does he want? Is he dangerous? You know what I'm saying? So, like, maybe that's why? I don't know. He also says that he sometimes walks by the office and stands outside to see if she sees her. And he admitted that that, that to her. That was later on. And that, I understand. That's when I would have got creeped out, too. But initially, Mm -hmm. he was like, I just wanted to thank you because what you did led to me getting promoted. And she's like, that's weird. Like, that to me, it was like, okay, yeah, you're welcome. And then I'd walk away. Yeah. And then that's what he grabs her on, though, and keeps her turning the conversation also. That also makes it worse. Yeah, you no, know, it definitely gets worse. I'm just saying the initial part, I wouldn't, I think she was prematurely creeped out. And also, P, I mean, if that's all, if that's the lead in, like, that could be done via an email. It doesn't need to be like, I'm stalking your office to find you in person to thank you for the job. The dude is whacked. Like, <laughs> I, I, it, he, he just, he's out of his mind. He is obsessive. He's obsessing over Andor. And now that, this might be true, and I, I kind of stumbled upon this. Now that he's obsessing with Andor, and there's someone else trying to get Andor, he's now obsessing with them. Yeah. He's obsessing over them. So this character now is like, well, this is the next step to get Andor because they want to get Andor. So let me get close. Don't leave. I need you. You need me. I need you. Thank you so much. You know, he probably tried to put on the the uh, the the nice face and go, hey, thanks so much for promoting me. Maybe like a little networking, and then he saw it wasn't working, and he started getting really creepy. He looked like he hasn't slept in days. It looks like he's probably on something, right? I mean, it's just maybe there's a little something more in that blue milk in the morning. I don't know. Uh, I think he's obsessing over Andor, and because this one trying to find Andor, he's obsessing over her now. Yeah, I think that was a pretty good like character moment for see how creepy Karn was, Pete. It was. Before we get to the MVP LV second, I do have something fun here. Nick, have you perused around the StarWars.com website lately? I have not. They have a fun quiz we're going to play right now live on the podcast. and on the YouTube version, I'm going to share the screen here. Which and or character are you? So we're going to answer, oh. answer as a team. We're going to see if we can figure out here what character we are. This is, okay. So we're going to take this quiz together here. So what do you believe is your greatest strength here? We go with my wit, my penchant for precision, my diplomatic way of speaking or my poker face. So, uh, Nick, I'll give you the first answer. 
Um, the top right, the precision. For tension for precision. Okay, question two. What would your friend say is your greatest weakness, Pete? Loyalty, I'm always tired, trouble focusing on the next task, or relying on my family ties for my own career? Um, probably I'm always tired. Okay. I'll take question three here. Which character Android you want on your kickball team? Uh, Clea Markey, Kino Loy, Dedra Miro, Velsarth, and Nick, we got to take Kino. Um, yeah, I'm with you. All right. That's a weird question. <laughs> Be a good kickball player, probably. I mean, Kino can, Kino can kick some ass. He can kick. Even if ball. he's not good, he's at least a good bench guy. Yeah. You know? He's a good morale builder. Yeah, and I, and I also think he'd be good in addition to that. So either okay. way, you're winning. All right. Uh, question four, Nick. What do you like to do for fun? Solve puzzles, try new cuisine, travel, or go to the beach? Cuisine. Okay. Question five, Pete. What was your favorite subject in school? History, business, math, or English? Uh, Math. Okay. Question six for me. What was your How many questions are there? Ten. 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 Okay. What was your favorite after-school activity? Chess club, debate club, robotic club, or drama club? I'm going to go debate club. Question seven, uh, Nick. What's your secret fear? Water? Flying. Fly, flying was my family, so you think I'm flying. That, was <laughs> that wasn't a secret. He was like, flying, please go flying. <laughs> All right, Pete, question eight. Which Star Wars character is most trustworthy to you? Leia Organa, General Veers, Padme Amidala, or Chewbacca? Most trustworthy, uh, who, uh, probably Padme. Okay. Can't be Leia. She walks right past Chewbacca. <laughs> Trust All her. Right. All right. Pick a color. Blue, white, gray, or red. I think it's a teen question. What color do you want to do? I think this is the question that gives you your answer. Regardless right. of what your answers are, this is the one that gives you your answer. Well, what do you want to do as a team here? I vote that you write gray because if you do blue or red, it's going to give you the good guy or the bad guy, and white's probably going to give you some innocent person. So I vote you do gray because it's a non-polarizing color. Yeah, let's do that. Oh, let's go gray here. Question 10. And finally, do these Star Wars plays? We'll do this one together as well. Niamos, Ferex, Jakku, or Coruscant? Which one is um, Niamos? Space Miami. Uh, I'm stuck between Niamos and Coruscant. I got to go Coruscant, though. Yeah, I'll go with that, too. All right. Coruscant, we'll find out who our character is. Not we are Dedra Miro. All right, that's fine. It's a great, <laughs> a great villain. Yeah. You're methodical, ambitious, and intelligent. Your critics think you work too much, devoting yourself to long hours on the job, but you believe one day you'll be the top of your, of your field. So that describes our podcast pretty well. Why yeah. about, yeah, that's just. Except for the fact we're, we're not fascists. Yeah, and we don't like torturing people. But anyway, <laughs> I, I just these quizzes are always funny. Just reading these questions is like, this is what character you are because these basic traits. It's like, all right, cool. All right, so no. I thought that was I thought that was fun to play. Yeah. All right, and we'll go to the MVP LVP board for Andor to wrap that up here. So, like like we do every uh, week here. So the final Andor LVP board. It's very large. So I'm going to put it up here on the board. I, Cassie Andor was the MVP of the show at plus nine. Nick, best character of all Star Wars, according to us, this year. I agree. Uh, Luthan and Mon Mothma plus four. Dedra, Sinta, Marva, Andor plus three. Lieutenant Gorn, Sogarera, and Demic plus two. The Empire, Kino Loy, B2 Emo, and Brasso plus one. Fix at zero. The Two Stooges, Gorn's Lackeys, Vel, Skeen, Tay Kalma, Davo, Captain Elk, and Nurchi. 
or negative ones. Negative twos are Lita, Common and Bihaz, and Captain Tigo. Negative three, Tim with two M's and Perrin. Blevin, negative four, and Bureau Stairs employee car, negative 12. The worst character in Star Wars this year, Nick. Hmm. Um, you know my opinion on Karn. I think he was actually a pretty good character, but not no a bad character who was written fantastic. So I'm I, I, I although I agree with him being on the bottom, I'm very very curious about what happens next with him, and I think that's kind of cool. But I want to know that. Yeah, I do think Pete though, in terms of overall points, is negative. I think in terms of like points per episode, probably Deputy Scott's the worst. Yeah, and I and I also think I at least personally for me, I want to rethink how I give LVP and MVPs. I think for me, I've been giving LVPs and MVPs of how they're acting in the the the, the, episode. the episode instead of saying this is just a bad character or this is a good character. And I don't know if that's something that we just decided. I can't remember if we decided, hey, how they do in this in the in the episode versus uh versus how they are as a character. But I think I'm gonna start to think about that because Karn's not a bad character. He is what he's written for and and he and he's portrayed I think correctly again retrospectively thinking about it. But I think at the time of these I was just I think we were just so creeped out and like, well this this guy sucks, so he's the LVP. I, I think maybe I'll I'll start like kind of rethinking how I do these. Well I think Karn's just an easy punching bag because a lot of the characters in the show were like doing smart things and he was doing stupid things all the time. Right. And 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 again it it makes sense, right? I think I need to give credit to the characters. Maybe the character's supposed to be doing stupid things, or maybe we're just not understanding it. And I think retrospectively, that comes easier than while we're watching the show, obviously. All right, so that's it for the show wrap-ups here. Looking at the 2023, Nick, we got a lot of good stuff in the pipe here. We got Bad Batch you mentioned coming up here soon. We got uh, Mando's, uh, Mando Season 3. Visions, we know, is coming back. Ahsoka, Skeleton Crew, and the video game Jedi Survivor. Plus, I'm sure there's a Lego thing coming out here. So I think there's a lot of stuff coming this year. Yeah, I jumped the gun early. I was talking about Bad Bad Season 2. We were supposed to talk about Endor. Yeah. Because I'll be honest, this was after the uh, Jedi Summer Vacation on the rundown. That's yeah. why I jumped, <laughs> I jumped the gun. But yeah. what I was saying then, I'll say again, I'm very excited to cover a Season 2 of something we already covered. That's something that really interests me, and I can't wait to do that. Yeah, Pete. But we left one thing off here. I know it's not maybe not coming in in 23, but Acolyte. I know it's not coming, maybe not coming in 23, but definitely looking forward to that still. Yeah, definitely are looking forward to that here. And I do think also, Pete, on this list, what are you most excited for coming in 2023? I'm most excited for Ahsoka Mandalorian. I know that's probably the popular opinion, kind of the mainstream idea, but I, I, I want to say this about Acolyte, even though that's far in the future. I think Acolyte is going to be better than Andor. I think it's going to build off of how Andor was written. We're going to see a lot, not to say cooler things, but it's going to be about Sith. And I think my prediction, just throwing it out there, it's going to be better than Andor and take Andor's seat as the best Disney Plus show. We'll see what happens there. One thing I forgot, I'll go back here to best and worst episodes of the year. We do have that on the rundown, so I do have graphics built fast. So we'll go ahead and look here. Do I start with the best first? Let, let, you know what we'll do? Let's start with the worst, and then we'll end on a good note, right? All right, so we'll start with the worst episodes of 2022. So I'm going to go ahead and pull that one up here. So these are based on our episode grades here. So the worst episodes, four of the top five were Andor episodes, believe it or not. We had The Axe Forgets, episode five, Casa episode one, episode one, 
for episode two, episode 11 are in the mix there. All sandwich, there's a big sandwich around Boba Fett episode three, the Streets of Mazda, which is the infamous uh, Cyberpunk Power Ranger debut. This is, this it, is it, it makes sense it, it, for two reasons. One is because we talked about how Andor doesn't really hit on a weekly level, more of a overall level, how good it is. But also, I think the way we grade kind of evolved over time. Yeah. When we were kind of in a way where, like, if we gave it a six, it was like, oh, you didn't like it. Now, like, we're, we're okay with giving an episode of four. I think if we read back and regrade Boa, a lot of times it'll be lower. Agreed. Yeah. And that way, two, the I will mention, I put the three next on the list here. Two more from both. And all three episodes directed by Rob Rodriguez made the list for the worst episodes of the year. And then Obi-Wan Part 2. That was the other one that made the, that was on the worst list. Yeah. So a lot of Book of Boba there. So now we'll go the other way. We'll go to the best episodes of the year. So what we got here, according to us, uh, I got to delete the worst and go to the best. Here we go. Uh, Book of Boba Fett Chapter 6 in the Desert Comes a Stranger. That's the cameo party. You got a 9.67. Barely had a one way out from Andor or the Prison Break episode. It's 963. Then the, the rest of the top five is Obi-Wan. So Obi-Wan Finale, Obi-Wan Premiere, Part 1, Obi-Wan Part 3, which is Vader's big uh, coming out party. So yeah, I mean, Obi-Wan has the opposite problem of Andor, where as a whole, Obi-Wan was not a good show, but each episode individually was, was awesome. It was so fun to watch. Yeah. So. That's why I think that what we see here. Yeah, and we got in the honorable mention category. We got two more Andors, episode seven announcement, the finale, Rick's Road, and then the other Obi-Wan uh part five here. No, Mandalorian the Mandalorian episode itself was not there because we we, we controversially docked that a few points. So I think if we regrade that, that might have been on the list. Right. All right, so that's what we got here. And I want to thank you guys for coming on. It's definitely a fun year at the podcast here. Uh Pete, people want to follow you on social media. How can I do that? At PJ Constadori 29 and also make sure you're following us in the feed. Make sure you go back and watch all of our season recap episodes. Watch our episode recap episodes. We have a lot of great information there. Watch the episode itself on uh, Disney Plus. Then just turn us on and see what our thoughts are. And, and uh, you know, leave us a comment on the YouTube. You know, leave us a comment in the Twitter. We, we want to hear from you. So definitely go back and listen. Yeah, Nick, if you want to follow us on the Instagram, how can they do that? Um, at Sky Guys Podcast. Yep. On Instagram. Find us there. Absolutely. You can follow me on Twitter, mphilis331. It's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. Also, the highlight special over on Just on the Suffering Podcast. You can find us up there if you want to check that out here. And I'm going to leave us here. We're going to do maybe one last clip, Pete. I have to give you your your most famous moment of the year. You want to guess what that is? I'm probably mad at something. Yes. Well, I know what it is, and I know what it is easily. Can't remember. All right. Cyberpunk so- Power Rangers. Oh, Maybe. All right, so here it is. This is the last clip of the episode, and then we'll wrap up. Did one of the Cyberpunk Power Rangers have to do a spin move before? Yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> Did anyone like, I mean, Nick caught it, but like he's protecting Black K, and he was like, we're getting shot at. Spin move, and then I'll shoot. Like, I yeah. don't think anyone ever thinks that way. That was ridiculous. Whoever made that scene up and told him, you know, be really cool is if you, as you're getting shot at, you spun in place. Didn't move at all. Didn't dodge anything. Just spun and then shoot. I, I think that's later in the episode. I feel like it's because I haven't linked up with Black K yet. We'll definitely touch on that again. But Nick, I do feel like it's a little bit out of the Black Widow playbook where Yelena is saying to Natasha, like, why you always do those flips? Like, they don't add anything to your to the uh, fight here. Yeah, it does. And and just so Pete knows, he's not alone. Like, I I, saw, I found an entire article on the spin on the spin move. 
<laughs> just now. I like, posted at 10, 15 this morning. Like, people, like, made no sense. Like, what was the point? You were, he was already there. Like, it's one thing if you do a 180 because you turn around. He did a 360 to end up in the same position he was already in. Yeah. Did he get leverage or something? Like, uh... He got speed. The bullet yeah. came faster because yeah. he spun. Yeah. yeah, Pete, this also made the Justin the Suffering podcast holiday special, too. I, I have to say, the fact that I didn't automatically remember it was the spin move. I... Uh, yeah, what, what what a time to be alive, honestly. <laughs> Just what a what a time. Yeah, Nick. I remember because we I was I was your guest on that, so I remember we went over that clip already. I yeah. do remember that. Yeah, Nick was also on the on the holiday special. We went over some of the clips from the uh, podcast here. This is one of the two Sky Guys clips I made. The other one you got to listen to this Justin the Suffering podcast. Find that one. Absolutely. All right, and next week we will be back here. It's not the last podcast of the year. Bad Bat Season Two Preview Show. Round number two, Nick. Now, with Pete. I'm sorry. What, what did you just say? I, I met, it cut off in the beginning there. It said round two, round bad, bad for you this time with Pete. Oh, that's right. That's coming up next. Yes. Next week. That's going to be on the feed. But until then, everybody, happy holidays and may the force be with you. <laughs>